Hello and welcome to the Bailey's Horse Feeds podcast and this Inside Scoop episode with Daniel Tarpey who once was a international show jumping groom and now runs his own equine transport business and importantly also produces miniature ponies and horses for the show ring. So, welcome Daniel. Hi Jane. Just let's let's go back and and um, explore a little bit um how you got into horses in the first place. Uh so growing up we always sort of went to like a ride, local riding school and um used to go riding on a Saturday and kept pestering and pestering for riding lessons as much as I could. Yeah, because your parents aren't horsey at all, are Absolutely they? Absolutely not. <laughs> um and then it sort of spiraled on from there really. I sort of Went on like pony club camp and all the rest of it as I was growing up, and then. And did you have your own ponies or? No, no never, never allowed. No, never allowed. No. <laughs> um, and then as soon as I could, really, um, once I sort of hit like fifteen, sixteen, I sort of went to um, a local um, Shetland stud round here, um, Snailsmore stud, and then it sort of transpired from there on. Yeah, really. so that's what got you, got you into the the yeah. smaller ones, really, yeah. and the in hand showing. Yeah, excellent. Because we um, we first got to know you when you were an international show jumping groom. Um, but before that, so before you were flying horses around the world, you were actually flying people around the yeah. world, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, so I um, started as cabin crew at British Airways oh, in 2011, it was. Um, it was a lifelong job that I've always wanted and sort of kept thinking, oh, one day I'll apply and I'll apply and I got the job. And it was an amazing job. I did it for about eighteen months, but the money just it just I couldn't live on what they were paying. And um I had to obviously give it up and then go back to the horses. But I mean flying was amazing. It yeah. was more of a lifestyle yeah. um than it was a career. Um the things you sort of see and do and you yeah. get to travel the world and yeah. basically be paid for it. So yeah. But I think actually it's it's quite interesting to to take heart from the fact that actually coming back to horses you were coming back to that because actually it paid better. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you wouldn't think it, no, but it does exactly. So and and you've had quite a lot of other experience and worked with with race horses as well as show jumpers. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us a little bit more about about that side of things. Uh, so yeah, I worked for a local girl to here to here um, called Laura Mantel. Um, I worked for her for part of two and a half years and then I went off and worked in a bigger yard so I could get to travel to the bigger shows and yeah. see a bit more and travel the world fly with the horses to shows and stuff and sort of explore and get a little bit more experience in a bigger yard which yeah. I did and I that was amazing yeah and you learned a, a lot a lot then. very quickly yes. you yeah. sort of sometimes I find that I thrive off being thrown in at the deep end and actually you learn a lot and you yeah. learn a lot quicker yeah and it makes you sort of mature and grow up a little bit when you're having to stand on your own two feet really yeah. Yeah, and at times you had quite huge numbers of horses to yeah. to look after. Yeah, and you? you're under a lot of not pressure, but you're you're expected a lot's expected of you to achieve and get done and make sure everything's okay and the horses are okay yeah. and everyone else is okay. So yeah. So um, tell me, when you were travelling the horses, did you take all the forage as well as the feed out? Yeah, I always try and keep it. Keep everything the same as what it is at home. So take as much feed and as much hair as will allow in the vehicle or trailer or whatever space you've got. Yeah. I used to try and take as much as I could. So nothing changed for the horses, yeah. really. And did you find that that you managed to keep them content and happy and you didn't really have 
problems with them because you were able to yeah. do that. Yeah, they were sort of, it was the same feed, same haylage hay that they had at home. So really there was no difference. Okay, they were in a different environment, but they were still getting fed the same. And yeah. nothing was changing. They were, okay, it sounds silly, but eating out of the same buckets and stuff. Little things like that. Yeah. The fussy feeders. Yeah. That works because not, nothing's changing. Yeah. And did you ever have any that were particularly, that, that you you know unavoidably would get a bit stressed by yeah. being away yeah we had yeah. a couple of horses um that would be at the bigger shows the indoor like the world cup shows and the, like olympia and places like that that the atmosphere does get to them and yeah. those high more highly strung animals they are they are quite hard to look after but i think if you keep everything the same and okay we had one horse in particular that was very stressful um he took up a lot of time but if you knew his system it worked yeah and so you would just spend time trying spend to spend all him. day and night trying to get, get him to eat. Yeah, so this would get him out of the box and yeah. things like that. Just, yeah. If he had interaction with you, he was fine. Yeah. But I think if you keep, if you know your horses, you can relate to them and you know if they're in a stressed situation yes. or anything. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. And um, you you left there to set up your own transport company. Was that something you kind of always wanted to do? Yeah. Or? I mean, it was always in the back of my mind because obviously showing showing was always going to be the forefront of what I wanted to do long term um but the transport would sort of give me the flexibility to be able to still work and earn the money to be able to go showing yeah and be my own boss so I could be very flexible when I want to work and when I don't want to work yes <laughs> but also you you'd had a lot of you able to use all the experience that you've yeah. gained from traveling yeah absolutely and I'm a lot more I had a lot more of a I don't know a customer customer sort of base really because yes. I, I was well known in the industry for traveling around yes. the world and people sort of trust you if they're animals really yes um so I was doing like before Brexit I was doing a lot into Europe yes um so yeah no it was it just sort of gave me that flexibility really and do you, do you travel them on your own or do you always yeah. have yeah um not so much the race horses um because they're always going to race meetings with or what a, have you someone. so they have you have a lad or lass with you yeah um, or you're going to the vets, but 90% of the time, yeah, I'm on my own, yeah. so you have to be ready for any eventuality that might happen. <laughs> yes, yeah, but again, I'm guessing you, I mean, you're only sort of doing one-day journeys, really, yeah. aren't you? So, you, so they've got their forage with them yeah. and yeah. and water, but... Yeah, and I'll stop, as, I'll stop as frequently as I can to make sure, especially in the heat and stuff, yes. you get enough water, or yeah. if you're on, if I'm on a long journey by myself, I'll hang a bucket of water up next to the horse and it's got a hay in it. So if it really wants to yeah. have a drink and something to eat, it can whilst oh, I'm good. going along. Same. And you've got the camera and stuff, so you can see in the yes. back. If yeah. they need, if you need to stop, then you need to, to stop. stop. But yeah. Yeah. At least they've got it on offer yeah. if you are driving. Yeah. And some will drink on their own. They wouldn't necessarily drink if you're going to give them a drink. Right. They like, especially those highly strong ones, they like to just be left alone. Yeah. And you tend to see them actually drinking without help. That's good. Yeah. So I was off. So you must drive very carefully if you're not yeah. sloshing the water no. out of the bucket. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try fill it up halfway, then if you hit any bumps, the water doesn't yeah. go everywhere. Yeah, so. oh, that's really good. I'd yeah. never thought of doing yeah. that. Actually, that's yeah. a really good idea. It just, this, if they want to, because some, like for example, if some horses like to dunk their hay, yes, they'll eat more while you're travelling if they can dunk their hay. Yes, but some will just go on hunger strike yes. if they can't dunk their hay. Yeah, but if you've got the bucket there, they've got the option. So. Excellent, gosh. Mm. Yeah. It's little things like that. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's, yeah, that's what it's all about. Mm. So, um, and um, talking now, you've got, um, also alongside it, you've got, you've got your own little yard now. Mm. And um, obviously we've got, we've got the, the minis, but you've also got a couple of um, ridden 
ponies as well and you're riding most days as well as yeah. traveling yeah. yeah so i try and look working in um i've got a good friend hannah she um she does either end of the day if i'm not here she'll do the horses before i go to work or after and it just sort of works and then mia rides them after school but if i'm if i'm around i'll ride them most days yeah so yeah busy busy yeah so let's find out about the the you you show in hand you show miniature Shetlands yeah. and and miniature British miniature horses. horses. Yeah. And they're quite different actually, mm. aren't they? Yeah. Really? Yeah, they're um, very different actually. So tell us a little bit more about the the miniature horses particularly, because I think everyone just thinks that something that's small is is actually a pony, but they're actually not. Are no, they? I, I always treat mine like they're horses, so if you blew them up they'd be able to be ridden or what have you so I always think in the back of my mind they need looking after like a normal horse so I always like to make sure mine go out every day which is very important for their mind and for their for their for their yeah, well-being well-being. really and, yeah. um, but yeah no they they get worked three or four times a week I take them for long nice long walks or they go long raining or they the miniature horses keep themselves quite thick because they're quite highly strung so they do a lot of running around the field and stuff and so. confirmationally they are actually miniature horses yeah, aren't they they absolutely. are quite different yeah they're really, tiny and... like they've got no limb that like they're very small like their feet are tiny yeah and like everything what you see in a horse is on a miniature scale yeah um and tiny yes um but like the it, with the miniature horses, they they still obviously look for confirmation, and it's got to be good confirmation. So a nice length of rain. I like them to have a length of rain, like yeah. you would in a horse. Yeah. Um, a nice middle, and then I always cut them into three sections. So their front, the middle, and their hind end. Um, and they've got to have a nice strong second thigh, which a lot of the miniature horses don't. But I think the more mature they get, the stronger they get, and yeah. with the right amount of work and feeding and care, they come quite nicely. Yeah, and that that's something I know you keep reiterating, but it is quite interesting that you don't think about working working this type no. of equine, no. do you? But no. actually, it is it's very, very important, important, very yeah. important, and for showing a lot of the a lot of the miniature horses, they don't their gait and walk is terrible. They can't because they've got such a short stride. They're trying to keep up with you the whole time and they're always right, jogging. Yes. So it's very important showing they have to walk. Yeah. So you spend a lot of time actually teaching them to walk. So going for walks around the lanes, around the yeah. woods, up and down hills actually does them the world of good. Yeah. And it teaches them to walk by themselves. Yes. Yeah. So it's very important. Yeah. And you do the same with the miniature Shetland as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, well, I've got one little miniature Shetland here. And I mean, you you they are very, very different. Like he's... You have to watch his waistline because he does like to get a little bit porky. But, I mean, they do the same sort of work. Um, he'd be a, tend to be a little bit lazier than the miniature horses. But, I mean, yeah, they're all, they, do, they do something three or four times a week just to keep yeah. them moving, really. Yeah, yeah. And um, from a feeding point of view, I mean, again, one assumes they're small, they must all be good doers, but that's not necessarily the No, case, I mean, it? I try and keep it, again, keep everything basic and the same and don't change it. But, I mean, they get ad-lib hay, they go out every day, all day, and they're fed twice a day. Yeah, yeah. And um, the the miniature horses, what are you what are you feeding those? So they get, they just get a normal chop. Um, chaff, and then they get the performance balancer. They get that to half a cup of that twice a day, yeah. And then a little bit of outshine in there just to just 
just to make them look nice and yes, shiny and pretty. Yes. And <laughs> yes, because their coats, you look after their coats quite, again, quite differently because they like the, they have to be clipped out, don't yeah. they? Yes, yeah, so the miniature horses, they're clipped and it's really difficult, especially at this time of year coming into summer, that like especially with the blacker ones or the ones that are bay, you really, their coats have to be spot on. So yeah. rugging is really important, feeding, working yeah. Yeah. and clipping. Again, you really have to get your timings right on the clipping because if their coats look yeah. rubbish then they don't look great to show no so it's really difficult yeah so it's quite an art mm. it's yeah. it could, this time of year is quite tricky whether you've got this miniature shetland shedding hair like it's a sheep and then yes. you've got to try and shave all the miniature horses yes. so i mean it is, it is it, there is a fine art to it but i mean if you keep like again it goes back to the feeding you've just got to keep everything s simple and the same all the time and when they're judging the shetlands the uh, this is the naivety coming in but the uh, is a miniature shetland a different entity from a standard uh well a standard is more it's gonna it's going to be a ridden pony like you can't ride a miniature shetland. okay some people can little children can tiny, ride them tiny, on the farms yeah. and stuff but a miniature shetland is just really going to be an in hand or going to be for breeding or yeah. be a potential broodmare or something like that yeah. as whereas a standard is going to be a riding pony they're more versatile i mean you see them more now yes. doing working hunters yeah like all the m&m &M classes now there's always yeah. shetlands yes. up there again yeah. well, there never was before no so there are the, then when you're showing them the classes are yes the classes are split so the standard some some shows you'll have standards in with minis but as a rule not a rule but shows tend to now split them because there is a more of a population of standards at some areas in the country or there's more of a population for minis it just depends a lot of the county shows like for example like coming up to rural windsor now we just have the standards of minis are in together we have a one two and three year old class and then a four and over so that's difficult because you've got a miniature Shetland in with a standard stallion. Yeah. So it's really, yeah. it's really on, it's on preference of the judge, really. Yeah, tough competition. Mm. And then for the miniature horses, are there lots of class? I mean, again, I think you were telling me there, there are heights and ages and... Mm -hmm. Is there quite a lot of opportunity to get those out and about? Um, well, the British miniatures, you tend to aim them for Hoys and RI. Um, so obviously the RI tickets are the first ones you try and grab and then the Hoys ones are your next ones. Um, so we have, yeah, there's, a, there's enough shows for the British miniatures. Um, they have like affiliated sections and unaffiliated sections, obviously whichever one, ponies are on the stud book and what have you. Um, and then the more like steering towards the more American miniatures, they... There's a lot of classes and a lot of different categories for them because there's so many different types. I mean, really? they're, a, they're a ball game on their own. I mean, really? Yeah, completely, completely different. Like, the presentation of them is completely different to what we would show a British miniature. They'd be more shown like Arabs, if you like. Yeah. They show them more on posing and snorting and blowing and yes. how their tail set is and all the rest of it, as well as a British miniature is more of a scaled-down horse yes. that's in miniature, in, in miniature yes. shape, really. Yes, yeah. And shown in... A more more of a British like yes, British traditional traditional way the way yes, you're shown a tweed indeed. and like yes. the American miniatures you'd be I could wear a three piece suit or something like that the ladies would wear a nice sparkly top or you know like fake hair piece in the back and like oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's very different very yeah. very different yeah. but I mean there's there is enough classes for a lot of them and a lot of British people with British miniatures will go under into American like type shows but you tend to stick the British miniatures to Hoys and R.I. because yeah. if that's what you want to do, then you're, that's what you're aiming for all season, yeah. really. Yeah, yeah. And um, going back to um, the feeding, I'm guessing you probably do 
adapt things a little bit then through throughout the year because I'm guessing through the winter then do you you're not really showing in the winter no the, sort of we sort of stop come sort of end of October November time we might take out a couple of foals or but the miniature horses they'll stop pr- pretty much after hoys that's yeah. them done and do you turn sort of give them a holiday yeah or? absolutely I'm yeah. a big believer of that a lot okay some people may disagree but I like to l- like them to be horses and like them to go out and rough themselves off and yeah they're in a lot of the time in the summer rugged up in and out in and yeah. out you're always playing around with them and I think if they're young it's nice for them to go out and be young horses and yeah. play with their friends and the colts yeah. go out and play with each other and it's nice for them to be completely roughed off and go in the field and I I oh if the weather's bad I'll bring them in and out but I like to have them out it's yeah. it's really important for their joints and maturity and everything yeah. and just keep the feeding to just nice yeah. and simple and yeah. straightforward yeah just keep an eye on their condition really mm. I suppose yeah and you it? can monitor it like I like to sort of rough them off let them let the clip ones get their hair back and you don't have to rug them up then you can actually see whether they're doing or not as if yes. you leave a rug on all winter and don't take it off you yeah. could take a rug off and it'd be a bag of bones or it's huge underneath yes. Yes. I think without rugs you can see a lot more what's yes. going on. Yeah, no, good point, very good point. And it's good for their skin, like their skin yes. to breathe, and you're, you're constantly clipping them all winter, all summer, sorry, and oiling them up and everything for shows, and I think it's just nice to let that coat just grow yeah. and let them be fluffy. Yeah. They don't look like miniature horses when they come in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're very hairy. Excellent. And so what, do, you, do you get them in, what, January-ish time? Yeah, or? I sort of, obviously, I, I had an accident in September, uh, yeah, September time. So I, um, mine were turned away a lot earlier than normal, and I got them back in, yeah, sort of end of January, um, beginning of February, so you start getting them in and having a look and see what they've looked like growing on over the winter and matured and stuff. And, I mean, it doesn't really sound like it, and certainly the ones that we've seen with you today don't look like they have any, you know, you're struggling with keeping the weight off or struggling with waistlines, so you... And this is really going back again because you you you've got them doing the whole time, haven't you? Yeah. Working them, yeah. You know, every day. Yeah, which... they've got they, they're always doing something, even if they're not necessarily being long long range or something. They're always going for a walk, or they're always having some training or practicing standing, and because it is a fine art of getting them to stand right and present themselves right on the day. And you've got to just keep chipping away quietly at home. Yeah. So yeah. when you go to a show, it's not a big oh god, I've got yeah. to stand properly now. Yes, <laughs> yes. But I think, and I think then the the amount that you do with them actually then does reflect on how actually you do find them quite easy to keep yeah. because yeah. they kind of it, it look after themselves in a way, whereas it's the ones that perhaps aren't getting that input on the work side yeah. that, that then it's yeah, you can, a struggle. You can, feed, to, to... you can feed them all and stuff, but you've got to, I think what you put in, you've got to, you've got to work it out or get it out of them. Yes, yeah. Um, and then you sort of, you sort of hit that happy medium then yeah. really. And, similar really with your the 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 ridden ones it's it's very much about balancing oh absolutely and it's keeping them keeping them interested and fresh and enjoying the job because showing can be quite boring for them really when you think about it they're always just going around and around the circles but they've got to have that like variety they've got to go hacking they've got to go up the gallops they've got to go to the beach they've got to go out in the field every day they've got to be horses be ridden in the field yeah because at this time of year it's really important you come out to all these county shows and like novice ponies that like we've got a couple of novices here and they've got a grass show coming up soon and if they've not been ridden on the grass they're going to go green aren't they yes. so yeah so you've got to be prepared yeah and do you um do you ever 
because the the miniatures and the ponies aren't necessarily shod um but you you know some of your ridden yeah ponies, the, the ridden ponies are yeah and you um i noticed they were only shod in front do you it depends uh, on the depends. workload i mean like the the ponies don't do tons and tons of road work so no. i mean they might go up the road half a mile or a mile a couple yeah, of times a week lucky, yeah. so they're always on we're lucky where we are we've got a very good lot of hacking around here so they're straight onto soft ground really yeah. um so they're not really on the road too much and we try we try and keep them in alley plates if we can um if not like coming into sort of coming out of their winter breaks so they're in just normal steels but coming into showing now they'll have alley plates on to and is that so they flick can, their toes yeah <laughs> just so they've got lighter feet yeah absolutely oh god yeah, yeah interesting stuff i never mm. even i'd never even yeah thought about that but yeah. yeah of course of course so um if um i think we've got some interesting um obviously you know what you do is is fascinating actually it's a yeah. whole insight into a different world really from particularly for someone like me that that's you know completely eventing orientated but um for those of those of us who you know who are you know, competing and traveling and what is the one, I think we've probably covered it, but what is the one sort of, you know, big bit of advice you would give to someone like me who's setting out, say to my first day away show with, with, you know, with a horse um, on the lorry for the first time, sort of going for my first sort of couple of nights away. I would try and keep, again, keep it everything the same as what you do at home. Don't change anything, take the same rugs. It sounds really silly, but they don't like, horses don't like change. They no. like to be the same every day. And I think if you can keep everything the same, feed at the same time, give them their forage at the same time, and just keep everything as simple and straightforward as you possibly could. Yeah. So even though it's sort of quite a nice idea to have, you know, your posh show rugs and stuff like that, actually still just take that. Yeah, especially if you're going away for the first time, your horse could get there and be an absolute nervous wreck. So I think yeah. if you've got a beautiful new show rug that you've paid £150 or something for, you're yeah. going to trash it, aren't you? Yeah. Um, but his, his normal stable rug will be, he'll be probably quite happy in that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I would keep keep it as, as simple as you can, can really, and, and know your horse before you go away. Don't go and buy a horse and go, right, I'm going to go away for two days, I'm going to go away for the weekend, yeah. and I've had him two days, because he could be colicky, he could he could do anything. Yeah. But know your horse, that's the most important yeah. thing I would, if, yeah. advice I and would I, give. I think we would sort of also say, I mean, you're obviously we're taking all the normal stuff that you would take, so your normal forage, your normal feed, but mm -hmm. potentially have um, things like some beet and yeah. some electrolytes and oh, just a few extras that just in case just they go case. off things and you might you've need... got something else you can if they're not drinking you take some apple juice or something with yeah. you and put it in the water or yeah. just keep it interesting for them yes yeah because yeah. some might be so distracted they don't want to drink or eat because there's enough going on around but if you've got carrots in the water or your apples in the water it just encourages them to eat and yeah. drink yeah, no, absolutely. And do you do stayaways with the with the minutes? Yeah, we do. Yeah, so there's a couple of shows throughout the year um, that they stay away at. Um, I don't tend to, if I can help it, I'd rather just travel, just because. Like, okay, now the the diseases and stuff that are going around, you have to be so so careful. Because yeah. if I have it in the lorry or I pick it up somewhere, I could yeah. shut my business down True. or you know. Yeah. Um, but there is a lot of stay-away shows, and obviously Hoy's and R.I., but we're very lucky we're in a central location, so we can just travel. Yes. Um, but I find if they're in their own beds at night, they're 
if you can get away with that, yes. then I will. If obviously sometimes you can't, like Hoy's, you there's no chance you no. have to stay overnight. But yeah. if you can help it, I try and yeah. stay at home. Yeah. No, I don't blame you. <laughs> just no. it just keeps them more relaxed. Yes. And they're in their own environments, and especially when you're showing colts and stuff and stallions, they don't like different no. smells. They run up. They don't eat. They're yeah. running around the stable all night. If they're at home, you know they're going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. No, thank you for that, Daniel. It's been absolutely fascinating. Um, do keep an eye on our social media because we've got lots of um, photos and, and videos of Daniel and the and the, <laughs> the and the miniature ponies and horses, and they they yeah they're just really just unique. They're so sweet. Thank you very much, Daniel, and thank you for listening to this Inside Scoop episode of the Bailey's Horse Feeds podcast. Where do listen out for other episodes which you can find on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. <laughs>